If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans 8 and verse 6. And if you don't mind, I'm going to preach about your mind this morning. The Bible has a lot to say about uh, the mind of people. There's uh, a lot of people feel like that, uh, well, you get saved, it's only in your heart that doesn't really affect your mind. But that's ridiculous, amen? I believe that when you get saved, it takes the knowledge of salvation in your mind as well as the things that you hold dear to you in your heart, praise God. All right, Romans 8 and let's read verse 6 and 7. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. All right, we find, first of all, that we've got a contrast, the Bible talks about, the carnal mind and the spiritual mind. And if you go on and read the rest of this chapter, and even the first part of this chapter, chapter 8 in Romans, you see that it speaks about a mind that's been changed, a mind that's been transformed by the Spirit of God, the spiritual mind. And it's in contrast to the carnal mind. Carnal refers to the just the old nature of the flesh. Everyone was born with a carnal mind. All we ever received from Adam was the carnal mind. Amen? The fleshly. That which is of sinful appetites and desires. But if you're born again, if you're a child of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, then he does something to your mind. He creates a new heart and a new spirit in you, a new mind, a new way of thinking. You see, a Christian, a born-again child of God, thinks differently than the world. Amen? We have different thoughts from the world. We have higher thoughts. The Bible says, set your thoughts or set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. I know that we have to live in this world, but we're not of the world anymore. The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And our thoughts should be elevated from the things of this world. Set your thoughts on things above. Let your affections be to the things of God rather than to the things of this world. So to be carnally minded is death, spiritual death. There's such a thing as spiritual death and natural death. And people who are carnally minded, whether they're church members, whether they claim religion or not, if they're carnally minded, they're dead. Amen? They're dead spiritually toward God. 
Remember what Jesus said to one of the churches in Revelation? He said that you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Now, who was he talking to? Was he talking to the the pagans out in the world that have never heard of God? No. He was talking to one of the churches, one of the seven churches of Revelation. He said, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. There's many people that would like to think of themselves as being alive toward God. Yet, the Bible says to be carnally minded is death. You're separated from God because you're carnal, fleshly mind. You're separated from God because of sin and iniquity. And only the only cure for that is being born again by the Spirit of God and having your mind transformed. The Bible talks about the renewing of your minds. In Romans chapter 12, the renewing of your mind that will take place when you truly surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And you ever wonder why you just can't think right? You can't get your mind on the things of God. You can't get your mind off of the things of the world. The reason is because you need to have a spiritual mind. And that only comes from God. It's not something you can create for yourself. It's not something you can do for yourself. It's something only God can do for you. And when you're born again through repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ, then your mind will begin to take on the things of God, the very attributes of God. You won't be God, but you'll live like a child of God. Amen. All right, let's go on now to... In Titus chapter 2, in the book of Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2 and verse 6, young men likewise exhort to be Sober-minded. The best way to be sober-minded is to don't be drunk. Amen? Don't be drunk on wine. Don't be drunk on the alcoholic beverages and all these things. But there's other ways of being drunk. Amen? Drunken with the foolishness of this world. There's things that can so occupy your mind to where you'll be drunken with foolish, ridiculous thoughts of men. I'm not talking about just the silly joking and things like that, although that's a problem. But I mean the foolishness of philosophies of man rather than the Word of God. You see, we need to find the dividing line between the holy and the unholy, between the good and the bad. We need to see the difference in the things 
of the carnal, fleshly, philosophical mind of man and the Word of God. The Word of God is considered foolishness in the minds of people that are perishing. Amen. The Bible says the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to them that perish. But unto us that believe and are saved is the power of God. Amen. Amen. Brother J.P. was doing a real good job this morning about teaching about the sovereignty and the power of God this morning. I thought it was an excellent Bible study. And we need to see that God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. God is the one who has all knowledge. Omniscience describes God. All science, all knowledge describes our God. And you and I are at the mercy of this God. You and I cannot allow ourselves to be taken in by the thinking of the world. Many people think highly of themselves. They think that they are so great. But we need to think humbly. Amen. We need to humble ourselves before a mighty God. If God and when God wants to raise us up, He can and He will. The Bible says, God gives more grace to the humble. And if we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. We need, uh, one scripture tells us, not to think more higher of ourselves than we should. We ought to think about ourselves as to what the Bible says about ourselves. Amen? The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I remember a little cartoon I saw one time. It showed this little, little scrawny-looking little preacher there looking up at this big guy that just got off his motorcycle. And the big guy was telling the little preacher, you call me a sinner. You see, people don't like to be called sinners, but that's what the Bible classifies people. You know who Jesus came to save? He came to save sinners. Amen. Because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's no one on this earth can stand before God and say, God, in myself, I'm righteous. In myself, I'm good enough. In myself, I know I'm accepted. Because in ourselves, we're lost. In ourselves, we're without righteousness. We're without hope. We're without power. We're without everything we need. But in Christ, we're complete. Amen. You can find complete salvation in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. And that's what people need to think. That's what people need to have their, their minds and their thoughts turn to is Jesus Christ. You remember when John the Baptist came out 
on the shores of the water and Jesus came upon the scene and John cried out, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. That wasn't just for their generation. That's for our generation. Amen. That's for the last days. That's for the last day that you shall live on earth. That's for right now. People need to have their minds and their hearts turned toward Jesus Christ and think about that. He asked his disciples, his disciples one day, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? You ask most people that nowadays, they don't even think of Christ. And the only time they use his name is in vain. Amen. What think ye of Christ? What are we thinking about Jesus Christ? Is he able to do above and beyond what we can even think or pray? He is able. Amen. He is able to save to the uttermost all that were coming to God through him. It's through Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm the life. And there's no other way. There's no way to gain access to the Heavenly Father except through His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's go on. In James chapter 1, and also in James chapter 4, we're going to glance at both of these chapters. In James 1 and verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now look at the fourth chapter of James. And verse uh, 8 also in this too. The fourth chapter of James and verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity covers a multitude of sin. I'm sorry, I got the wrong, the wrong verse. Anyway, let's go back to the first chapter. I'm losing out on this. A double-minded man is unstable... In all his ways. Double-minded. You know what a double-minded person is? A person that can't decide which way they want to go. One time they want to go with God, and one time they want to go with the devil. Amen? Double-minded. Double standards. Double spiritual vision. One time they want to look unto Jesus. And then the next time they want to look unto themselves. They want their own ways instead of God's ways. The Bible says His ways are above and higher than our ways. And His thoughts 
are higher than our thoughts. The Bible also talks about those that think everything they do is okay. You're okay, I'm okay. That's the world's attitude. They say, let's be tolerant. You ever heard that word? Let's be tolerant. Tolerant is a word they use concerning their religion. They say, you believe anything you believe, and I'll believe what I believe, and we'll all go to heaven together. That's not true. Jesus said he's the way. Amen? The Bible says it's a straight and a narrow way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that we enter in. Some people say, well, Christians are too narrow-minded. Amen. A real born-again Christian, a child of God, is narrow-minded because the Bible says it's a straight and a narrow way. And if we're not walking a straight and narrow way, we're not going to enter the kingdom of God. God has a way that he has put in his word for you and me. And if we try to just be double-minded and go any way the world suggests, we won't make it in. Amen. Some people feel secure in their religion. But religion never saved anybody. It's redemption that saves. Amen. The Bible says we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If we're not walking in the light of God's word, then we're not going to make it in. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, there are religions in the world that teach that God doesn't even have a son. Now, we as Christians, we know that we are sons and daughters of God. But God has given his only begotten son, his original son, his unique son, his son in whom he dwells, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's our Savior today. And the world's religions, the other religions, they don't teach that. They don't preach that. And they don't believe that. And they will convince you of their lies, amen, of their deceptions, of their foolishness. The Bible says that the world, by wisdom, knew not God. The world, by its own wisdom, cannot know God. God gives a revelation of himself. He has given this book called the Holy Bible is the revelation. It says this is the record that God has given of his Son. And if people can't think along those lines... They won't be saved. There's no other way. It's a straight and narrow way. It's a Bible way. It's a holy way. I believe in the book of Isaiah. He said that it's called the way of holiness. The highway of holiness. 
Holiness means separated from the world of sin and the blood of Jesus Christ. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit, will separate us from the thoughts and intents of this world. The Word of God is quick. It means it's alive. It's powerful. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Dividing even asunder of the soul and spirit and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, man looks on the appearance. I've met a lot of people that look like Christians. And if, as soon as I met them, I might even call them brother or sister because I thought they were Christians. Man looks on the appearance, the outward appearance. A lot of people look like good Christians, Amen. But they may not be. Amen. God looks on the heart. God looks on our thoughts. What's in our mind? Somebody come up and say, I love you, brother. And in his heart and his mind, he might think, I hate you. <laughs> you see, God knows what we're thinking when we speak. God knows the sincerity of our thoughts. God knows the intents of our thoughts. We might have some pretty intense thoughts, but it doesn't make them right. Amen? There's been a lot of real thoughtful people in the world, but were they thinking the right thoughts? You're in control of your thoughts. You can think the right thing, or you can think the wrong thing. And God knows our hearts today. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 15. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 15. Amen. Verse 15. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. How many of you want to be thus minded? Amen. Praise God. We want to be thus minded. We know that we fail many times. We know that we make mistakes. But there is a perfection in Christ that goes beyond uh, just the touch not, taste not, and handle not. There's a perfection in Christ that goes beyond what a lot of people think the word even means. But let's look at the word of God. To be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded... God shall reveal even this unto you. You see the difference here? You can be thus minded or otherwise minded. Many people are so content with being otherwise minded. Otherwise, in other words, just anything goes. Just anything they want to do. They have no discernment in their mind about what God wants them to do. The Bible says to study, to show yourself approved. 
unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You can be thus minded, or you can be otherwise minded. Otherwise minded. In other words, like a kid in school that's sitting there reading a comic book instead of a school book. That's what I call otherwise minded. Now, I'm not preaching against comic books. Of course, some of them ain't too funny. Amen. Have you seen some of the comic books lately? Some of them are filthy. Amen. Some of them aren't comics. They're filth. Amen. But the point I'm trying to make, if somebody's got their mind on things beside the Word of God, they're going to be otherwise minded. Let's go back to that little word perfect. I know people squirm when they see the word perfect. Don't they? Ain't none of us perfect. That's what folks say. Ain't none of us perfect. Ain't none of us going to try to be perfect. That's the people's attitude. But that's a fleshly attitude. The Bible says God has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Do you know that's in the Bible? I'm not going to embarrass you by asking to raise your hand, but did you know that is in the Bible? It's in the New Testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Are you sanctified? A lot of people say, well, I don't go to one of them sanctified churches. Well, you better. Amen. I pray to the Lord every day that we will be a sanctified church. Sanctified means set apart unto God. That's what it means. Amen. To be a saint means that you're sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be a saint. This is a holy way. This is a righteous way. This is God's only way of living, to be sanctified. And what kind of perfection did God put in our lives? We know our flesh is not perfect. None of us probably look as perfect as we would like to. I was talking to Brother Austin this morning. I said, when I was his age, I was in great shape. But now my shape's a little different. <laughs> See, our shape, our fleshly body is not perfect. Realize that. It's perishing daily. But the inner man is being perfected day by day. The inner man is growing closer to God day by day, or at least it should be. Amen. If we'll surrender to the Lord Jesus, the inward man will have that perfection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Perfection means maturity in Christ. Yes, and we are to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can be thus minded. Or we can be otherwise minded. The Bible's got a lot to say about our minds. God created our mind. And he created it to be recreated. He created it to be transformed. The Bible says, Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Read it. It's in your Bible. Romans 12 and 1. And be not conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's got a good and acceptable and a perfect will for your life. What scripture tells us, this is the will of God concerning you, even your sanctification. Your mind should be drawn toward the things of God, not always being drawn toward the things of the world, of the world of the flesh and of the devil. These things will destroy your mind and your soul and sometimes even your body. It's according to how deep in sin you want to go. But if you get deep in the Spirit, if you get deep in the things of God, it'll change your life. It'll make you rejoice in the Lord always. Right, one last Scripture we'll look at. In Second Corinthians chapter three and verse fourteen it speaks about the blinded minds. And also in Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four, I'm not gonna read them, I'm just gonna mention the fact that it talks about the blinding of the minds. One scripture tells us, I believe it's the first one, 2 Corinthians 3 14, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Blinded you. Think about your mind being blinded. Things that you would like to think about and things that God wants you to think about. Yet you're blinded to these things. And I believe the fourth chapter has reference to Israel. It said that how that they were blinded to the things of God. Even to this day, the veil of spiritual darkness is upon the minds of Israel. That is, Israel after the flesh. But Israel after the spirit is those Jews that came to Christ. The Gentiles also that came to Christ. We have the veil taken away. The veil of spiritual blindness. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 3. Except a man's born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When you get born again, that veil of unbelief, that veil of darkness of sin and blindness over your mind is taken away in Christ and you can see the things of God. You can see the kingdom of God. You can see the reality of what God is doing. But the world goes on today and they are blinded by the devil. Amen. The devil has blinded the minds of them that believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ would shine unto them. That's Second Corinthians 3 and 14. Praise the Lord. You and I can think the things that God wants us to think. Our minds do not have to be captivated by the thinking of this world. 
See, one scripture tells us, and I didn't write this down, so I can't tell you where to find it right off, but it says, think on these things. Amen? If any of you's got your little electric Bibles with you, <laughs> look it up right quick. What do you call them? Notebooks? Well, whatever they're called, uh, think on these things. Whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is holy, whatsoever is right, and there's a list of things we're told to think. Yes, did you know the Bible tells you what to think? Oh, oh boy, that sounds too much like Big Brother. Amen. Jesus is our Big Brother. Amen. Praise God for our Big Brother. The Bible says he's not ashamed to call us brethren. Amen. And we are heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ. Uh, he tells us what to think. He tells us how to think. Think with a pure mind. Think with a holy mind. Think with a spiritual mind. The Bible says if we sow to the flesh, we'll be bring forth corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, we'll bring forth life everlasting. If you think about fleshly things, and you're drawn into fleshly things, and you never think about resisting fleshly things, you'll be destroyed. Amen. Bible says, fear not man who can kill the flesh and do no more. But fear him, fear God, who can destroy both body and soul in hell. We need to think about fearing God, don't we? We need to think about the things of God. Think about the things that are quality. Think about the things that are useful. Think about the things that are a blessing. Think about your blessings. We sang that song a while ago. I pointed up here. I think it's on the wall. Uh, count your blessings. To count, you usually have to think a little bit, don't you? Think about your blessings. Think about what God has done for you and me. Think about the blessing of Jesus dying for our sins. Think about the blessing of Jesus being raised from the dead. Think about the blessing of the blessed Holy Spirit being poured out and come into the hearts of people that love Jesus. Amen.